1: First of all, the question on everyone's mind as we get into this week of Christmas podcast, which I hope you've prepared Christmasal questions for. Christmasian, how are you doing mm. without Gracie?
2: Bad, yeah, still. To... I was thinking about you know we prep our top and bottom of the cup. We're very committed to this, and I was thinking I was like, feels so disingenuous to do something besides her. But also, how long can you yeah. say my dead cat? you know so it's kind of like but also it's enough already yeah, yeah. i mean it, it to an extent for everyone else yeah like people only have so much i mean not to say people are being very kind yeah. but y- you don't want to wear out that welcome
1: right i mean you i mean i can see it's affecting you you've clearly let your personal hygiene go <laughs>
2: <laughs> so much different than usual i will say i am not sleeping because she is not coming up to me at 9 45 and telling me basically like hurting me to bed. So I realized I was like, well, I've been, I've been going to bed late. Like I haven't been sleeping well. And I realized it's because all my routines are messed up. You're
1: like, you just got out of a relationship and you're like, I don't know. I'm just up (laughs) watching
2: Thor Ragnarok (laughs) on my Apple watch. I (sighs) will admit this to you. I played 10 hours of God of War Ragnarok on Saturday. And then my hand hurt because I just didn't, I didn't like get up to feed her. I didn't go, you know, it was. Emily, you're going to need to commit much more time to that if you
1: want to become a mass shooter. So, you know, <laughs> really start working them, work them thumbs. Uh, that's a lot. Those and uh, I want to get your eyes checked out. It's tough. I get it. Look. Let's just talk about how it's the it's one of the best weeks of the year. Mm. Uh, did I take a meeting yesterday and then have a financial meeting today? Yes, because the world doesn't fully stop just because it's Christmas, but it mostly stops. But I went to a comics holiday party yesterday, and I went after a show, and it was a really elegant, like lovely party, and I they had a hot chocolate station which is how I would do it. Like it's the station you dream of. Like there was hot chocolate. There was something else hot. It may have been coffee. And they had crushed candy cane and they had whipped cream. I may have made up the whipped cream and they had sprinkles. And I drank two hot chocolates with a peppermint stick and lots of marshmallows. And I was having the best time. And um, then I wondered why I couldn't go to bed. Well, also something happened, which will be part of my bottom of the cob, which was awful. Um, but I just love, it's like the week of the year where we just, we're going to have a little Hanukkah block party. I planned it with two other moms. Thus begins my cycle as a mom who plans parties. And I'm into it.
2: Yeah. Going to all the holiday I, parties,
1: trying not to get RSV, just trying to be healthy and go to parties. I'm
2: loving it. I need to get my next booster next week. I I heard on a podcast that I to uh, best friends with Nicole Bayard, Sashir Zameda. She was talking about how she's going to do like uh, a hot drink party, which I think is a really good idea, like where, you know, it's hot chocolate is like mold, yeah, wine, yeah, that's it's what like I'm making hot cider. And I was like, that's a fun. here's why that's a fun
1: theme. Here's why that's a bad idea. because uh, it ain't that cold in l a. And after like one or two hot drinks, you're like, I need water. This is so gross. That being said, I will be making a spiked mold cider for my Hanukkah party. But see, you're not going from hot chocolate to mulled cider to mulled wine because then you're just going to puke. Yeah. Also, Christmas gets this reputation for being this very like sweet time of year. But like, if you're at a party, you want the proteins. You want your starches, your carbohydrates. You want pigs in a blanket. You want fried things. You're not wanting, like I saw, I keep, I don't know why they keep feeding this to me in my algorithm. A little Debbie Christmas cake dip, which is just mashed up Little Debbie, like, white chocolate Christmas cakes. I have a weird thing against, when I say synthetic, I'm talking about, like, anything pre-prepared, like Reese's or a cake you would buy or Twinkies or Ding Dongs, like, anything that's, like, manufactured. I have an issue with those as ingredients being used in something freshly baked, except for Oreo for some reason. Like, Mm. I know that there are chemicals put on these things to keep them fresh forever, and then you incorporating them into something fresh, it feels, like, unholy. Like, remember that show, Semi-Hard, with Sandra Lee, where she would, like, take- Semi-Hard? Wasn't it called Semi-Hard? I don't know. That doesn't sound like- What is it about? It's called Semi-Homemade. You are supposed to be like, no, it's Semi-Homemade. Anyways, she would take, like, (laughs) canned cherries and a pre-made cake, but then she'd make her own icing, or more famously, her Kwanzaa cake, which literally- no person who celebrate Kwanzaa has ever made this cake and she stuck like candelabra candles in it. Anyway, I think it's gross. When I see a recipe, it's like, hey, all you moms out there in North Dakota, here's a quick and easy cream cheese ho-ho recipe. Just bought a store, buy a store-made cake, stick a drumstick in it, and pepper it with love. Homemade or no no-made. Anyways, that dip <laughs> looks like the eighth horseman of hell. <laughs>
2: Why would I? What do I put them on? If I mash up the
1: cakes, what do I put them on? Another like a cake? A cracker or like a cookie? And I'm like, uh. just thinking about like unwrapping. If your recipe involves unwrapping several little cakes from plastic things, just eat the fucking initial one in its in its true Christian form. Just eat the Christmas, the Christmas tree. This whole speech I just gave was like sounded like I'm having a stroke. I have my heater on very high, and I oh, sometimes no. get a little nauseous, folks. Jingle jangle. Jingle horse. Here it is. We're here. Did you say jingle horse or jingle whores? I definitely said jingle horse. <laughs> but we're here. We're here with all of your holiday issues and questions. I'm sure some of you are having Christmas weddings. We got the answers for you. Christmas
2: weddings. Because
1: yeah. there's a lot of questions Christmas. that go into like holiday party etiquette. We we were invited to a party recently where you had to get a proper PCR test And like those results Mm -hmm. had to be emailed. You couldn't like take a picture of your antigen test you took at home.
2: Was this a company party or a yes party? It was a company party. Uh, It was for
1: Good Mythical Morning. Noah. Oh, fun is doing business with these men. I've done the show. Really nice guys. I ended up feeling sick, so I didn't go. Which is like so me to like look forward to like a nice party all year and then be like my throat. But I really respected that. And at the party yesterday, they did COVID tests outside, but then they gave you like a little valet ticket. So you could go in the party while your test went through. And I'm like, if you have COVID, they just come get you. I'm like, I guess you can't have done that much damage. Although I guess germs have a way. But I'm all for the testing. And for my birthday party that we're going to be talking about later, I'm going to require PCR tests. I am not trying to like live my life just enjoying myself between COVID stints and like rhinovirus stints. So you can mm-hmm. say it's not
2: real, but I'm not trying to, not trying to date. I, <laughs> I told my parents you were going to Iceland for your birthday. And my dad's like, I want to go with her. And I said, okay, yeah, you can go cool. with her and her husband. That'll be really fun. And he's like, Can't I wait. think we would have a really good time. And I was like, I'll let her know. So See you my at family's at the airport. now very obsessed with you. Great. As they should be. It took them long enough. I, well, yeah. Oh, It's been, how long have we been apart? A year and some months. And they're speaking like, speaking oh, of Eliza? Speaking of, my assistant is leaving. Oh, but no one listening can apply for the job. Yeah, do not right?
0: do that. <laughs> um, I think
1: That's it's good. pretty obvious in the job posting who this is for. Um, oh, she yeah. like, I had her write the description and then it's like, must be okay with hanging out with a tiny, small, cute white dog. And I was like, take the white part out. That way no one knows it's me. <laughs> Even though the email is like to Eliza's assistant at... Hotmail. Yeah,
2: that's um, what. Because I did the same process, and I would get emails for people that's just like, "Is this who I think it is?" I'm like, "No, it's the other one, folks." Like, I yeah. know you think it's gonna be this like awesome
1: comedy romp. Like, it's mostly me being like, "Can you post this for me and get me toothpaste?" <laughs> And sometimes you get to go to cool events and you get a lot of free stuff. But like, we're don't not like- You not sell them on it. They can't
2: apply. You're going through professional resources. No, we
1: are. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I think people are like, oh man, there's gonna be so much comedy. I'm like, there is. But it's also like me in my pajamas asking you to like run out and get me some more coffee beans and I've got a it, doctor's appointment.
2: It is interesting because I think you come out of a job like that probably as the assistant either really liking or really hating the person because- No. It, that just- t- She likes I, but me. you're very- Hundred percent. I'm just saying, like you're you're spending ev- all day every day with like this one person that you admire. But that's the other and thing. So it's tough. I think people think of personal assistants like the shit that Real
1: Housewives make their flock of assistants do. And like some days, I don't even see Taylor. Like she'll get a text at like five o'clock. I'm like, can you grab me a salad? But like, there's no. I, they I don't even have a desk for her. A-
2: as a, as a boss, boss, you do trust that that the person's going to do their stuff, which isn't always the case. I'm with a big bosses.
1: motivator. I'm a big self starter person, and I told her, "I go, mm-hmm. I cannot micromanage you. Like, here are the things, just get them done. Do not make me follow up."
2: No, but what made me so mad, I will say in this makes me mad in every job, is you know when you're you're gonna do something like it's on your schedule, it's what you're working on next, and then the person goes, Have you done this thing yet? And then it looks like you only did it because they asked, but really it was part of your schedule. Mm, Yeah, but when it's
1: every time, it's like, oh, I was about to, then it's a lie. Well, there's no way.
2: Anyway. No, it only makes it mad when it's legit. Okay, this doesn't apply. She's leaving me
1: at the worst time of year because no one's looking for a job now. So
2: No, it's a good time of year because you're every Hollywood is wrapped down. No.
1: It's bad because now I got to do this by myself instead of her finding me a new assistant. I got to go on vacation. I come home. So, Taylor, I hope your <laughs> new job is awful. No, she's a good. No, kid. you don't. I don't. Maybe she's she'll good. come back in a year. No, I won't even be here. I will have moved. <laughs> There'll be no one at the door. Like, fly to the Navigator when he goes home and it's like a different family there. Okay.
2: Old okay. reference. Kick it. I started a new job in May after leaving an unbelievably toxic workplace. There were a lot of reasons for me to leave, but two people in particular that contributed heavily to the toxicity. One guy, Taylor, let's call Taylor, him Taylor, is that you? Okay. <laughs> one guy, let's call him Colon, started working after me, but got promoted before me, despite Colin doing now? significantly less. Okay. They spelled it C O L O N. He constantly mansplained things, talked shit about his boss, and would never admit fault for any of his mistakes. The other asshole was this girl we'll call Jill. Jill got the job through a family friend when the company was still new and now is dating one of the senior engineers. She thinks she's superior to everyone due to her seniority and uses it as an excuse to slack off. She forgot she was presenting in our weekly meetings not once but twice and simply laughed it off. Anyone else would have had their head cut off. Jill and Colin constantly talk shit about other people and even discuss making a podcast where they would make fun of people's resumes. Cool. Needless to say, they're both garbage people, but I played nice while I was there to avoid being on their bad side. After I left on my last day, I blocked both. I blocked them both on Instagram because we were never friends. I didn't want them seeing what I was up to. I also blocked Colin on LinkedIn because I didn't want to see his further promotions. I was never connected with Jill. They noticed the next day a Friday and it became the talk of the office. Oh my God. Why didn't you wait till you were gone? <laughs> why do it with one day left? You want no, them this, to know. No, this person, it Ew. was, it was, that they're gone. No oh, question okay. asker left. They harassed my boss and former coworker asking why I had done it. Should I have waited to block them or are they psychotic for noticing the day after? Much love for you and the podcast gang setting my consoles. As to- Emily, Okay. It doesn't matter because you already did it. This People keep asking for
1: advice. They're like, here's what I did. I killed 12 people. Should I have not done it? It doesn't matter. You did it. Move on. You've left the job. You never need to think about these people again. I guess I don't know your industry, so it's only a weird look if it's like a small circle thing or if it's like showbiz where everyone talks. I don't know if it's necessary to block them. You should always mute.
0: Mute, I follow follow mute
1: mute, 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 mute. That way... Everything looks cool and nobody needs to know because there's really no benefit to them knowing that you've done this. Um, but, you know, which comes to show, it's also, they didn't reach out to you to be like, why did you do this? So to, to them, you just look crazy. Like they probably don't realize that you don't like them. And it's just like, wow, I've always thought she was cool. So you did lose the opportunity for them to ever be cool to you because now they know that you never like them, but it doesn't matter. You're not there. And- they'll probably sink their own boat is that a is that a metaphor
2: it just is is bizarre i don't want to know if someone there's actually only one person in my life where i know they're not they unfollowed me and i do think about it because it was so strange and they're also one of a only a handful of people across my entire life who i know talk shit about me to other people and, and so now you know i do think about that but i would never call that person out on it like this she didn't, is further proof she called of the why boss. Well, that's why this is further proof of why those two people are awful weirdos, that they went to your old bus. Yeah. You don't work there anymore. Why
1: do it's they weird. care? Also, why do you care? We're moving on. It doesn't matter. I remember one time on Twitter, I unfollowed someone. They had done nothing wrong. I just didn't care about their take. That's what you have to understand. Not everybody cares about, like, your tweets, your take, your pictures of your life. And she DM'd me. She was like, can you please refollow me? And it's just like, really, it's a, we should be allowed to unfollow people. Like, just because I met you and connected with you at like my best friend's cousin's party eight years ago. Like, I know what your kids look like. I'll never see you. We have to yeah. really, it's like millennials are just like, hey, this is forever, right? Like,
2: don't check on that shit. Don't it ever It feel look. like a big commitment now to follow someone.
1: I follow a lot of people and then I just, if I get tired of them, I just mute them. Like if I'm tired of looking at pictures of you, like dressing up, you're like, okay looking dog. Like I just don't care. Oh, cool. This is your like, this is your Tuesday morning outfit. Like, oh, cool. Hot fire. Alert the presses.
2: I'm trying desperately not to just post photos of my cat now. I'm like, I have other things that are- Listen to me. Sympathy, you know? Emily,
1: you live your fucking life. And like, if it makes you feel good to post pictures, that is your process. And if people have a problem, they can mute you and you'll never know because you're not a crazy person. (laughs) The whole point of social media, I said this last week, is like, so people can watch you. This is not a two-way street. This is not about you getting the feedback about your posts. And for everyone that doesn't like it, there are people that do. People need to see Tianfu- both in the bathroom and on the bed and in my arms and in my mouth. And if you don't like it, go listen to a podcast where they like shit on women. I don't know. Leave me alone. But also follow me. (laughs) Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. The question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town no more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Eliza. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an Android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic, pared-down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants, I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is, all Quince items are priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com Eliza to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com Eliza.
2: Greetings, favorite podcast gang. I am a longtime listener and promoter of all things Eliza to my circle and beyond. Yes. I finally have a question that I simply cannot answer myself. I, 30, female, am currently on maternity leave from my job as an architect. During the pandemic, my work became remote and my husband and I moved out of Toronto so we could finally afford a house and start a family. But now that the pandemic is over, they want us to come back to work three days a week, making my commute over an hour each way. Mm -hmm. I knew this was a possibility when we moved and at the time I told myself I would just find another job after maternity leave. But here's the catch. I want to have another baby as soon as medically safe to do so. And I know this next pregnancy is going to require a lot of medical intervention, meaning a lot of time needed off work. My old job has always been good about personal time off and they would be understanding of this while I can't guarantee a new job would give me the time off I would need. Should I stay with my old job and suffer the commute while trying for this next baby? Or should I move on to find a closer job that's better for our lifestyle with our current son and hope for the best? There's no guarantee I'll get pregnant right away, so all the unknowns are what's making me indecisive. Uh, P.S. I'm isoimmunized, immunized That's why the pregnancy will be high risk, requiring bi-weekly ultrasounds from the start, likely requiring multiple in utero blood transfusions that require days Jesus. off work. It's a hellish condition that I don't wish on anyone. Jesus. Um... I don't think legally they
1: can like cite you if you do get pregnant and you need that time. I think especially in Canada. So your issue right now is do I want to spend three hours, six hours actually a week in my car mm-hmm. going back and forth um, because you're afraid you won't get those same benefits elsewhere? I don't know. Are you a good architect? Are you like a master architect? where, Or are you just like an underling? Are you confident enough in your skill set that you could go somewhere else? I appreciate that you're wanting to have this baby and you're absolutely right and smart to be like, I don't know how long this will take. um, But I think those multiple weeks commuting might make for more stress and that's probably not something you need when you're trying to get pregnant. I think be honest with your boss and be like, I physically don't think I can do this. I am capable from working from home. Like ask, be like, I want to continue with this company. Is there a way we can make this work? And if they say no, then I don't think those are the types of conditions that you need. If this does not impact your work and you still get your things in on time and you are of value, then they will see that long-term value. Maybe you can come in once a week,
2: you know? Yeah, I I think. think. There's some flexibility, it seems as companies start to go back to work where it's like certain people kind of don't follow the rules. Certain people just don't go in. Like see what you can get away with in terms of do I actually have to go to the office? Can you get a a doctor's note that says you can't go in the office? Can you get like, you know, anything to get out of it? (laughs) Never forget, and women need to know this, squeaky wheel gets the grease.
1: Like you will not get if you do not ask. And it's going to suck if another woman or another person gets this And you're like, why do they get that? Well, she asked and she had a condition and it's going to piss some people off, but like, you're not worried about them. You're worried about making your money, doing your job well. You never want to be the person that like gets special privilege and doesn't do the job well. And usually Mm -hmm. people cannot keep those two straight. And it's like, as long as you are flawless in your execution and you do your work, nobody can touch you. So ask, I bet you haven't asked and I bet you haven't had that frank conversation. And if they're not willing to make that space, then maybe this isn't the kind of place that you, that deserves you if you're good, or maybe you're just like designing pizza huts. I don't know.
2: If you can get away with sticking it out there so that you're not kind of joining a new company and starting off on a totally legitimate, but probably wrong foot when you immediately are gone all the time, you know, do it, but keep an eye out for jobs. Like, casually search. You don't have to hit the grindstone, but always have an eye out because you never know when an opportunity is going to come your way.
1: Last thing I'm going to say is like more and more, especially in a post-pan world, like be the architect of your own future. Put out there what you want, the types of things that you want and just move in that direction. What does Thoreau say? Like go forward in the direction of your dreams. You want that baby, you start working toward that baby and everything else fills in. When you have, what's the thing where like you've got a jar and you got big rocks and little rocks. You put the big rocks in first and then the sand fills around it. The little rocks fill around it. People are always like, how do I make time for this? How do I make sure I get these? Just do them and life finds a way to conform around it. There's no version where you work hard, you have this baby and you're still traveling six hours a week if you nip this in the bud now. So just start doing it. Start asking, start trying to have that baby. And things have a way of moving around, much like your internal organs do when you grow a baby. Just go, just ask, just start doing it. And all
2: of a sudden you will be living that life that you wanted. Mm. Hello, everyone. I guess this is the part where I say that I'm a 35-year-old straight female. First, finally, let me say thank you. <laughs>
1: finally, we get a woman on
2: here. <laughs> Well, this is my first time asking a question. Y'all's advice to other listeners helped me end a friends with benefits situation, and I am so grateful. Second, my question. There's a guy at work. Pause for hot Scotty sound effect with girls ooing or something.
0: Hey! Bingo! Oh, oh. Button it up
2: that I have a bit of a crush on. He and I video chat all the time on Teams. He initiates. We work from home but live in the same town. Recently, he has invited me to grab dinner. And the amount that he calls me during the day at work has significantly increased from maybe once a day to now at least two or three times daily. We work on the same team, so we've lots to discuss, but also seem to have similar upbringings and life experiences as well. My biggest question is, relationships at work, yay or nay? I've dated a guy before where we worked together and when we broke up, people chose sides. But I know for many others, Thus, this podcast included, meeting people at work can work. No pun intended thoughts, advice, any insight is appreciated. Thanks so much. You go to dinner. I don't know the job. I don't know the,
1: the environment. I don't know this guy. You can go to dinner and if he sucks, you can be like, yeah, we just grabbed dinner. I don't know what he's making a big deal about. There is the version where this is a great guy. There's also the version where you date and break up and you guys are like totally cool. So my advice would be like, do not get wasted and sleep with this person even though I would totally do that and like tell you I didn't do that. Um, (laughs) So just go get dinner or grab a coffee or do like a group setting because you don't really know what this guy is like one-on-one. You know? Um, And don't just be dating him just because he's around. So if you are attracted to him and you do like him, go get dinner. Big deal. It's just a job.
2: It's just a job. The fact that you're working from home cuts down a lot of that kind of like don't shit where you eat thing of like, it's not like you have to go see him every day. You probably don't need all these team's calls and you're just doing it because you like talking to each other. If you broke up, you just wouldn't talk to him via video chat every day and it would be fine and you would get your work done. So you're in an environment where it's probably fine. Just do it. You're not shitting where you eat. You would have to
1: then get drunk, break into your office and have sex there because you're working from home. Go get the dinner. Keep it casual. Have an exit plan unless he's awesome. And then you'll just proceed from there. Hopefully you aren't dating someone who's a monster. And even if you do break up, it's okay. But go get dinner. Don't put your life on hold for some like integrative team building ad agency. I don't know what people do. I have no idea. (laughs) You don't know what people's jobs are. I really don't. And it's it's hard because I'm like, just book a different gig.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people's paycheck come from one single person that they have to not no. make mad. Or one, I mean one single entity that they have to not make mad. You could just be like, buy this, this organization. I've got 15 more organizations paying me this year. That comes down to being indispensable. Like
1: when you are yeah. undeniably good at your job, you can be like, fine, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going somewhere else because I'm that good and I have all your passwords. Stan.
2: I do have all their passwords. You have okay. all my passwords. I, well, probably, yeah, because you're, don't, no one hack Eliza. Hi, Eliza, Emily, hey. Hot Scotty, Tianfu, Sierra, Noah, with a special shout out to Hunter, Greg, and Michelle. What?
0: <laughs> they don't By do the anything
1: way. for you. My best friend, Michelle, if you listen, she doesn't even know I have a podcast. Greg's on hiatus and Hunter's with his family
2: somewhere. So fuck all of them. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, okay. I cried over Blanche and Gracie Lou I've lost Aww. three dogs in the past few years. So all I can say is that you are wonderful, pet parents. Just hold on to the memories as best you can. Yeah. Long time listener here, so I'll make it short. And this person actually did, which I appreciate. They didn't send a, a novel. I left my job at the end of 2021 because of stress and the fact that I wasn't sober. I began a new position after some medical issues shockingly unrelated to drinking, and I managed to stay on for about five months. Then... I went to rehab on emergency leave. It was the most horrendous experience, but I came out a better, sober man and don't regret it. My home life is better by 1000% and my husband and I have never been happier. I went back to work at the same place. Amazing company, wonderfully compassionate, but I've been met with trepidation as to performance. I've been exceeding expectations and goals with my managers, but there's definitely an air of distrust. Only a select few people know why I left and I've had about five months back. Do I just keep my head down and silently crush things? At what point would it be acceptable for me to speak up and say that I've been doing a great job? Love and light to you all, and I hope you have a great new year. Well, is it the managers that are showing trepidation? I assume the, the Are people they the only that, ones that know? Are the managers? Yeah, so only a few people know, so I would assume those people. I
1: actually, I think it's always good to get, like, I do believe in like head down, just keep working because proof is in the pudding. But if you are saying you've already proven that- I think for your own peace of mind and it I, because I'm a big believer in like, let's just get this out in the open. Since you have the track record, it would be different if you hadn't been doing well and you're like, just so you guys know, you can trust me, but you've been doing well, so you say. Mm-hmm. I I also would like contextualize that trepidation. Like, is it in your head? Like, make sure it's not because you don't want to come across as paranoid. And if you bring it up, they'll be like, well, should we? So- If you know this is concrete, if you have examples, which you don't need to bring up, Mm -hmm. request a little meeting and be like, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for the way you've welcomed me back. And I, you know, like kind of acknowledging like, hey, I've been killing it. And anything else you want to give me, like I'm here, I'm locked in. I wanted to prove to everyone that I'm here and it's been about six months. I hope you're happy with my performance. And I just want to say, you know, I'm here.
2: Yeah. I wonder if you can kind of just say at six months, say like, I'd love to just have kind of like a little review of what I've done over six months and what what I'm looking to do without for, asking like, the next for a six raise. months. No, just yeah. like, hey, let's talk about, you know, I've appreciated the grace that you've extended me. So I want to talk about what I've accomplished and what my goals are for the next six months. Just like the very yeah. professional version of here's the value I've brought mm-hmm. to the company. Just And don't even say anything about like, I feel like you guys have been nervous. It's yes. Just like, do not say hey, that. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm looking to do. Is there anything that you think I could be improving on or anything that you want to change in the process in the new year, blah, blah, blah? Yeah. By the way, you owe no one an apology. Like you've all agreed Mm -mm. to come
1: back. You're working on yourself. Nobody's perfect. I think that's great. I think it would show tremendous initiative. And that way, if it is in your head, you just look awesome versus paranoid do that and especially since you're doing it without asking for a raise they're gonna be like whoa we better load Clark up with extra work for President's (laughs) Day right (laughs) okay Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. It's hard to take care of your hair when there's quite frankly, too many options. Of course you're skeptical. Everything promises to give you all the answers you ever wanted that genetics couldn't give you. But when Prose says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Every bottle of Prose custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. I love that Prose goes in-depth. I mean, they asked me my zip code to understand how the water in my area affects my hair. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love the results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash askaliza. That's pros dot askaliza for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros Dot com slash Ask Eliza.
2: Hey, Eliza and Emily.
1: Where's all the Christmas questions?
2: You said everybody's Christmas except for us. So we're doing people changing their lives for the better question for the new year. I hate it. Well you do you okay. The, you're like Christmas others people, everybody's got their Christmas trees, <gasps> didn't blah, say blah blah blah. Wha- I did say That's that, not what I you why- said, but I think that sentiment is everybody else is doing Christmas questions right now. Why? Can't people who don't celebrate Christmas listen to this podcast and just think about the new year and people's no. job and bridesmaid situations? Go eat a cold lock gun. Call me in the new year. <laughs>
0: All right. But we do ahead. need
2: to say something about Christmas so I can put a, a, some related hashtag in our Instagram reel and get more views. Okay. This Christmas, <laughs> talk to a therapist at BetterHelp. Jingle jangle. <laughs> jingle jangle. <laughs> All right. Hi, Eliza and Emily. I met you at your show Minnesota at the Mystic Lake Casino and had the best time. It was such a great performance. Here's Thank my you. question. So I, I love when people start out like, they're like, I have to, like, that's the trade to get your question answered. They're like, I offer up a compliment and now what I'm no, asking of you. It, and I like that. And that's, it's a fair
1: trade. And that was the last show of the back in action tour officially. So yeah. we had a great time.
0: Good show.
2: Yeah. I'm a 26 year old female who has been talking to the ex-boyfriend I haven't moved on from, clearly. Clearly. My question essentially leads to if you think people can largely change or if some mistakes slash character flaws are just part of a person's habits and nature. Context. We had our issues, but there is a specific one I'm having a hard time getting over. He's a few years older than me. We started dating in college and for a multitude of reasons ended up breaking up. Years later, in many attempts to get back together, it surfaced that he had cheated on me with one of my friends that I worked with that also happens to be my best friend's husband's mother so he cheated on her with her her best friend's mother-in-law yeah that's fucking weird (laughs) anyway it's really not the act of it that hurts me as much as the fact that he didn't have the respect to tell me or at least break up with me after it happened I don't think he ever would have told me obviously a lot has happened and changed since then but I find myself coming back to that incident do you think there's a chance he actually could have changed and wouldn't repeat an action like that? Or are people of no. the ability to do something that deceitful, unable to change unless they get professional assistance? Any insider or perspective you have is appreciated. And then an important P.S. Your new book is displayed in my apartment like a Catholic in their Bible. Thank you for all the reality checks. Oh, thank you. Laughs. She's like, I haven't read it yet, but it is displayed. <laughs> Listen Isn't to me. A rapper.
1: <laughs> and it's shrink wrap. Um, yeah. it, the answer is both. Yes, people can change. He says he's a couple years older than you, especially in our 20s. Like almost nothing should be held against you. Like we've all made those mistakes. That is a weirdly, that's a weird partner to choose. That's not like I met a girl while I was on vacation. I think that that trust is gone. I think you want to love him. You have a connection. You spent a lot of your formative years with this man, but this isn't the guy for you. And if it is, you're going to need to take like a couple years off and come back when you're like almost in a different decade. You're forcing it with this guy because of a past connection you have. That's an egregious mistake and it's a weird one because now you're connected to this person. You're going to see that person at like a holiday, at a party. So run, do not walk. And if you need to revisit him when you're like 30, great. But this guy, you owe him nothing and you're living in the past.
2: I think the issue is, yes, people can change. But it sounds like this man hasn't made any indication he has changed in yeah, any way. He-
1: you jumping through hoops. Look at all the work you're doing. You're writing into your pod, podcast. Look at all the work you're doing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And this guy is like, yo, I fucked your friend's mom. Like, ew. Yeah, people can change. Sexual partners. And he did on you. Move on. And when you do, and you do find someone that treats you with respect, you're going to cringe that you put up with this loser for this long.
2: Yeah. That's it. That's it, baby. Anonymous. I am a 30-year-old woman with a master's degree in behavior analysis. I work at a clinic for kids on the autism spectrum. I work as a supervisor to a group of Gen Z girls who are in their early 20s, fresh out of college. These girls are great at their jobs and fun to be around. I have no issues with them other than this. These girls have recently banded together in a sort of revolution against my boss, the owner of the company, to ask for higher pay and health insurance, all of which they deserve, and I am glad they did. My boss ended up spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to make all these changes and give them what they ask for. She was able to do it, but at a huge cost for a small business owner. In addition, I've been working my ass off advocating for them and covering for them all to make sure they don't become burnt out and are satisfied with their job. However, all of this is seemingly going without any thanks, and now they keep approaching me with more things they want to demand, implementing spring break, half days on Fridays, etc. How do I tell them they are asking for too much while remaining someone they can trust? They are starting to give off major entitled vibes, but I don't know how to help them realize this without becoming an enemy. What would Eliza and Emily do in my position? Oh, man. <laughs> I would be curious what this person's role is at the clinic because it sounds like maybe she's some sort of counselor for these girls on professional behavior and how to approach the boss. So she would be well within her rights to say, you already got so much. Yeah. No one else is getting these other things. Like jobs, this isn't what happens at jobs. This
1: isn't, especially— you work at a clinic. It's not like you work at like a tech startup or something. Well, so
2: she works at a clinic for kids on the autism spectrum and she's supervising this group of girls who have who have uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. These are not the girls I, on I, the spectrum. Okay. These are girls working at the clinic and they want this. That's so you're what not I'm, even That's what oh. I'm thinking of. Saying.
1: This really I have very little experience <sighs> with this other than watching social media. This comes down to a generational difference and you see this in comedy videos, it'll be like the way millennials ask for a raise versus Gen Z. Millennials are used to, even though we got called lazy, like doing work, like eating shit and having some manners. And Gen Z, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. Gen Z is like, here's what we're worth. Here's what I fucking want. I don't fucking care. And that's a great go-getter attitude. I guess as long as the work you're doing is worth it. I do think when you're younger, I think now that we've been shown that there's a different way to live and what a scam work hours are, I think a lot of young people are like, I'm giving my life to this. You should have benefits. You should be able to live and you should get some time off. And so I think a recalibration of the way we see these things and look, they're asking for these things and they're getting them and you're a little bit older. So we're like, well, back in my day, um, I don't know where the line is at that company. Or in corporate America of like what you should get versus what you shouldn't. And I, cause I don't know their job, but if they really want it, they need to not just ask you. And that's a very real fear that they will become an enemy because young girls can be very mean and Gen Z, like they're ruthless and often myopic. And they're like, I deserve more. It's like, fine, go oh, start an OnlyFans. Like you're working at a clinic. Right. Like this is next to charity. Like you're basically at a nonprofit.
2: Yeah, I wonder, I mean, and also I don't know that, I I don't know your role in relation to, you're supervising them. I don't know how much research you should have to do for this, but is it possible to pull together like comps of like, look, here are what other clinics are offering or, hey, Gen Z girls, tell me one company besides school that has spring breaks for their their employees and half day Fridays. Maybe you take an, like,
1: like pull out thirty thousand foot bird's eye view and be like, here's what makes sense, here's what doesn't. And but some of these things do. Like a lot of people in a post pandemic world are doing half day Fridays. You know it's tough because this new generation is looking at work life balance with fresher eyes, and we have old eyes. And it is tough when you did do all the things and new people are like, I want more for doing less, and it's like, and they're getting it. So if you can remove the emotion and be like here's what makes sense and here's what doesn't but don't worry about that like you're supervising them you also don't need to be their friend
2: also if they i mean that's the big thing but if they take a week off on for spring break who do they think is working there like what do they think happens to the people that that you're helping at your clinic like it just is so there's such a disconnect between them being like clocking in and clocking out and what their job is i mean also i i understand that people who have jobs where they don't
1: feel appreciated are like quiet quitting, do the bare minimum, clock in, clock out. But if this job is supporting you and it's a nice environment, I don't think we should be grateful for health insurance personally. Like you shouldn't be grateful that you can make ends meet, but if it is a loving, nurturing, good environment, then it mm-hmm. isn't right to treat it like this doesn't fucking matter. That mm-hmm. attitude is reserved for soulless jobs that don't care if you die. So it's kind of like you cannot create this environment where you're like, I'll take what I can get. I want to live my life. Fuck them. And also have a supportive job. So I'm not sure the environment there.
2: Yeah. Reminding them of the work that's already been put in, the money that's already been put in. You're a small business. You're not like Walmart. You know, they also you You can't be as scared of these kids though. They are going to bully you. These, these Gen Z kids are going to be mean to you and you just have to deal with it. You're their supervisor.
1: Never forget that you do have life experience and you do know things that they don't know. And they are doing the squeaky wheel gets the grease. But also like you're the one that wanted the job at a small mom and pop clinic. Yeah. If you want to like fight city hall, go
2: work a corporate
1: job or at city hall.
2: Yeah. If you really want to like or, stick it to
1: the man and like squeeze for all your benefits, then do it to a soulless company.
2: Be a teacher and get summers off and spring break. And then really it's not off because you're prepping all your stuff because you have no support. Yeah, like, be a teacher. Learn how to <laughs> do, do you learn tactile weapons training. And CPR
1: and everything about nut allergies and get shit on and make $10 a year. Yeah, you can't have the best parts of every industry. I think, too, something that Gen Z probably struggles with is you go online and everybody's living their best life. And your friends are in Maseratis and they're on these vacations and they all look perfect. Most of the time, these people are broke. But a lot of people are making a lot of money being influencers or on TikTok and so it's difficult. It probably sucks to be 25 and you're working a shitty job and you're seeing all these people like quote unquote thriving. What you do have to remember, most of it's fake. Most of the people don't have any money in the bank. Most of these people are just like cash rich and then everything else poor. But even if they suck and are annoying, the people who make money at these things, it is a job. Yeah, They are posting, editing. They are slowly going blind. They are creating content. Like this isn't like you just fart out what I ate in a day and you get 12 billion followers. So- there is still work that goes into all of it, even if you are your own boss. And I can say that as someone who is my own boss,
2: it is mm-hmm. 24-7. Yeah. Okay, I have a very long question for you so you can eat your sandwich. Right Anonymous. Okay. And a- <laughs> no, it's it's, listen, it's holiday listen. and listen. it's long. The timing is perfect. Listen
1: to this pickle. Is that gross?
2: Couldn't really hear it. I'm sure it'll be more apparent in the audio of the recording. I dropped a pickle on the ground yesterday, and then I ate it anyway. That's where I'm at. (laughs) That's my update. Back to you. That's my update. I'm a longtime listener of the pod and fan of Eliza. My husband and I drove to the taping of Freezing Hot in Denver, and you can hear him laughing at one point. I'm a 29-year-old woman, not a nurse. I work in tech, and I'm struggling with not feeling heard or seen with my parents, especially on the holidays or gift-giving occasions. Over the last couple of years, I've come to terms with my parents being neglectful and emotionally abusive when I was a child. I've put a lot of work into being a cycle breaker. My husband and I live in New York City and have lived here for almost eight years. Also, they drove from there to Denver. Every gift-giving occasion. You drove from New York City to Denver? (laughs) Thank you. That's commitment. Yeah. yeah. And I laughed real loud. That's
1: weird.
2: Yeah, they needed a break.
1: I can't believe we didn't die.
2: All right. (laughs) Every gift-giving occasion, my parents will ship a box of gifts to my husband and I in New York City from where they live in Salt Lake City. Every time, without fail, the box is filled with mass-produced garbage that we do not want. The shipping is more expensive than the sum of the items inside. We are very explicit when they ask us what we want and they disregard our requests and send garbage. This year, I was laid off from my job and had to rely on savings, my husband's income, and severance for a few months. I have a new job, but we're still getting our footing back financially. My mom asked what we wanted for Christmas. Christmas? Christmas? I told her that we desperately need gift cards for groceries or essentials to places like Trader Joe's or Target. I have a side gig as a professional artist and gave her the additional idea for a gift card to an art supply store to restock from the heavy amount of work I produced between jobs. She insisted that we needed something to open on Christmas morning. So I sent her a link to a coat that my husband wanted and a link to a box of Christmas cookies from my favorite vegan bakery. She bought the coat for my husband. My husband and I live in a small apartment and practice a sustainable lifestyle. So, purposeful gifts are welcome. And we like to give gifts that the recipient will actually use, quality over quantity. This afternoon, the 19th of December, we received the box of gifts. I eerily opened it, hoping that this time would be different. On top was a thoughtless box of Oreos and bag of Swedish fish, still wrapped in a Walmart bag. Oh, my God. For- for context, I would eat these two snacks when I was a 12-year-old vegan because there weren't any other options for sweets. Okay. I don't care for either now due to the abundance of better options. Few other plastic Walmart dollar section Christmas baubles were below the snacks. Oh. Around the snacks that I was going to give away were two pairs of pajamas for my husband and I. My parents started the Christmas pajama p- tradition when I was a teenager as a bid yeah. to show that we were a happy family. My pajamas... Could have only been described as old lady pajamas, and my husband's were playing. There's a picture attached for context. Those are the pajamas.
1: It looks like Mormon <laughs> burial shrouds. Like I know your parents are from Salt Lake. Do they think this looks like like Puritan prison wear?
2: It's real, it's real intense. So, okay. <laughs> the uh and uh, we both have a gothy style and have since we were teenagers, the majority of her wardrobe is black or dark colors. Why they think that this is what we wanted? This, yeah, this these PJs are like very, very light blue. All right. I lifted the ugly pajamas from the box and it was empty. No more gifts. My gifts were meaningless garbage that I didn't want because my parents don't care enough to know me. In the end, I received nothing again after gifting them nice things. They know, they know that we're struggling and any amount of help with groceries would have been more than a blessing. Instead, they sent us stuff that we do not want and did not ask for. I packed everything up for my husband to donate at his work's food and clothing drive. Oh. I, I would have been less insulted if I received nothing at all instead of gifts that they put zero thought into. Yeah. We gifted them expensive theater tickets, fancy sheets for their new mattress, and some cold-weather clothing that my dad requested. We spent a couple hundred dollars on their gifts. Why? Am I selfish for getting upset about their non-gifts? Do I even bother trying to correct their wastefulness and hurtful thoughtlessness in the future or move on and donate everything? For added context, it's not about the money. They had a $400 stereo system installed in my brother's car as his gift. Much love to you all on Grateful Goth. You are
1: not spoiled. You are not wrong. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a couple things happening here. The things that they're giving you, at least some of them, are based in a memory that they have of you from when Mm -hmm. you were younger. So there is a shred of, well, because our parents do this. Like, well, when when I was a kid, I loved Victorian houses. And to this day, to this day, my mom is like, well, you love a Victorian house with a white picket fence. And I'm like, Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've never owned one and have had a chance to. Yeah. They hmm, sort of cast us in aspic as a certain Mm. way. And that can be very sweet when you realize, like, they see you as those children. But this is hurtful because they're not acknowledging any part of who you are. The vegan thing as a kid, I get, but... And, and I, I can get like, look, your parents have been like Salt Lake City. I get that they're not like up to date on like what's vegan and tasty and cool. And they might think it's a joke. But the fact that you went out of your way several times to be like, we could use a trader like very simple things. And they ignored it. I think you are well within your right to be frustrated because you're right. It isn't about the money. It's hurtful. What's hurting is that they didn't see you. Like had your mom made you homemade vegan cookies, you know, or... Something that showed, like, hey, we're seeing that you're struggling, but it feels cold like or or the or they this is the best that they can do, but I think you feel like you're being a little bit punished for being this like gothic vegan daughter that like moved to New York City. I bet they don't feel connected to you. I think it's worth saying this was extreme like point blank. this was incredibly hurtful, and don't be emotional about it and get them on the phone. And just be like, I I told you what I'm going through, and you guys didn't. You don't seem to care. Why would you ask? I'd be like, why would you send these pajamas?
2: Yeah. Before she said they spent four hundred dollars on the car stereo, which is really the the wrench in this for me. I was thinking, well, maybe they could only spend ten bucks, and they spent ten bucks at the dollar store rather than give you a ten dollar Trader Joe's gift card because they think that looks, however it looks. But. The $400 stereo for your brother is like, imagine if they had given this question asker $400 Trader Joe's gift card, what that would have meant to them. Like, it's such, it's You're so like, odd. $400 stereo is not a nice stereo. Well, yeah. I mean, also, did they buy it off a man in a white van? But it, I wonder, did the brother love stereo equipment when he was a kid? So that's still the thing they're stuck in with him. And they just, they're like, he's stereo yeah. equipment, she's vegan. I get that.
1: Know. And again, like, Part of it is like your parents see you a certain way and all kids struggle with that. And and I know that feeling where you're like, I would have had rather had no gift because now rather than me not caring, I'm upset because you're demonstrating how little you care. So you're within your rights, but I also think you should say something because at least then you will be heard. And you can say, this isn't about the money, but like we took the time to give you thoughtful things. And you gave me something like in a Walmart bag like, it's okay if you don't understand sustainability, but like, why would you send this? It feels like you were, like, you don't take me
2: seriously.
1: Like, you don't love it's me. God,
2: it's very strange. And I, and then the context of this question asker basically saying that she realized she was not in a good, like, household growing up. I wonder if it's that um, golden child syndrome of, yes. of the other kid. That's gets what I'm saying. Everything.
1: You're this, like, vegan, gothic, non you in. Mm. And so they kind of don't know what to do. And it's frustrating because you're like, we don't have to be the same. I'm telling you. Like you didn't ask yeah. for anything weird. You asked for like grocery. And I, it's but They bought mom. the coat. They got the coat for the husband.
2: Does it now, come down to them? Not liking gift cards. Like if you said, Hey,
1: but wait, I don't know how much that coat was. Like, let's say the coat was $200. Like that's a like, that could be, you know, so they might think, okay, we got him the coat. You're the, we sent you this thing. I think your parents are just misguided. I don't have any experience with like people with like a mm-hmm. mental disorder. And you're saying uh-huh. that this is not abusive, but you know, you grew up in like this odd house. And I would have been totally out except for the fact that your mom's like, I wanted you to have something to open. So there is a shred of love there. Like someone who fully doesn't like their kid wouldn't care if you had something to open. There's and I'm logic. Sure the thought was like, we were at Walmart. I saw these pajamas. Like I just... It's faulty logic. There is something in there. So I think it's worth saying to her. This was just really hurtful. Like I really put thought into my gifts and this just felt like I was an afterthought.
0: Uh
1: Because it says you grabbed it all at Walmart. It's tough because she's making, had she sent nothing, now she's making you feel bad about this gift because it's, you'd rather have no thought than thoughtless.
2: Well, yeah, it's like, why did you ask me what I wanted if you're just giving me random stuff? Why did you even ask me what I wanted? Yeah. Yeah, but it is this is the kind of thing where it's tough because you feel like ungrateful. Even though you're totally within your right. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't. Em, here you are,
1: like without a job, scrimping and saving, living the sustainable life, which somehow has been put on us as like everyday consumers. Like, we should be using wax. Wax reusable paper. Meanwhile, we're dumping poison in our oceans and your parents spent all this money to send you a bag of garbage. It's odd. It's hurtful. Yeah. It's hurt your hurt. And I think you're within your right to express that.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. All right. I have a Christmas question for you. Bring hey on? gang, love the pod. Thank y'all for always giving me a laugh the mornings before I go brave the wild, a.k.a. be a teacher in Texas. Woof.
1: Just kids giving birth, guns going off, people mispronouncing
2: words like ren, ran. Left and right. Some context for my question. I'm a 27-year-old female, and I've been seeing a man, 29 male, who's a father of a precious toddler. He's super sweet, and we're having a good time getting to know each other, although it has been a little tough on me, as I've never dated a man with a child before. Not only is he very involved, he has a job that requires him to travel often. He's in pharmaceutical sales. It's still early, and I'm keeping an open mind about this experience. Here's my question. How could I help him make Christmas still feel special as it will be his first Christmas without his son? He's been very vulnerable with me about the fact that he's not looking forward to it as much as usual because he knows it's going to feel different and be tough on him. So I assume the kid will be with the mom. I've gotten him a beard care kit as a small gift and I'm considering getting him and his son tickets to Monster Jam in January. His son really likes cars, mainly because I love shared experiences and there's a cheap ticket option. Do you think I'm on the right track or should I just make sure he knows that I'm a listening ear? I mainly feel like I need outside perspective because I show I care about people by gift giving. So it doesn't feel like, quote, too much to me, but I kind of struggle to think of other ways. Thanks so much. Love you guys. I am a big gift giver as well. I think that's incredibly
1: sweet. I feel like as women, we always get sucked into these beard care kits because we're like, (laughs) look, you use shitty deodorant and you own one shirt. Take care of your beard. Every woman in her 20s has gifted like a, the art of shaving kit. I like yeah. I remember going to the mall to purchase this and then once and that was for like a different boyfriend and then I kept that boyfriend and I married Noah and now I have so many beard care. <laughs> no, but I I'm given Noah like nice beard care stuff meanwhile like they do not care. Um no. I think that's very sweet and I think it would be really sweet if on Christmas he can open that and you're like so you have something to do with something to look forward to with your son. You are yes. doing so much. That's great that that's your by the way, I'm sure he'd rather your love language be gift-giving versus, like, sensual
2: discussion.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, no man's like, oh, man, more presents. I want her to talk more.
2: You're I think go- it also means a lot that your gift shows acceptance of his son because I'm sure it's hard to date at 29 yes. with, a, with a son. I thought you were going to ask about, like, am I going to
1: get stuck with this son while he's traveling? And this well. isn't on you. And you you just started dating and- It's funny because he's like, this will be my first Christmas without him. It's like, you haven't had him for that many Christmases. He's a toddler, so (laughs) maybe two, maybe three. So that's sweet. You're doing well. Concern yourself less with how much you're showing him you care, okay? This is the guy. You are the catch. He is the guy with the kid. He needs to be showing you how he's going to make room for you and also be there for his kids. So you've done your part, okay? Yeah. And that's hard for him. Maybe he doesn't need to spend Christmas with you. Like, you are involved in this too, okay? Do you even want to be a stepmom? Think about yourself. Yeah. You, you've done perfectly. Bravo.
2: Good work. The art of shaving. Shit. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're
1: doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Oh, Oh God. Okay. I'm just going to get this out of the way. My bottom of the cob is this interaction. Oh, no. I was at an event. And I have to like unburden myself of this because I have to talk through this because I felt, I felt really bad about this. An event and I see a woman that I recognize from a lifetime ago. There's two women standing there. So I go up to the one woman. We'll call her A. And then there's another woman named B. And I'm like, hey, like, hey, how are you? And I made the mistake of turning to B and not saying nice to see you again, which is what you always have to do. Because if you don't and you say nice to meet you, you leave yourself open to, yeah. B. Oh, it's so tough. Looks at me and goes, it's, and she says her name. And then of course I recognize the name, kind of not really the face. And I go, oh, oh, sorry. Like, hey, you look great. She goes, I go, so sorry. She goes, you didn't remember me last time. (gasps) She goes, you've actually done this to me a couple of times. Oh no. And in the moment, I'm processing several things. The first of which being that I felt embarrassed. Yeah. But also for my own PTSD, like- it's, normally it's not a woman, but like male comics that are like, I can't believe you don't remember me. And I'm like, do you know how many shows I do? I do at least four shows a week. And I've been doing comedy for almost 20 years. And we're talking just local shows. And we're saying at least. And these are not shows where I sit and I talk to everyone. You're in a green room, you're out of it. And it always bothers me, this like weird standard. When you meet someone, like you don't know what you mean to them and what they wanted from that interaction. And I'm, I'm disgusted at how comics will be like, I can't believe you don't remember me. I would never say that, ever. In fact, I saw a neighbor of mine, I've had dinner at their house and I went up and I was like, hey Rami, it's Eliza. And he was like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> I always reintroduce myself because you give that person the chance to be like, Of course, I know who you are. Like, I got invited to perform at Jon Stewart's Stand Up for Heroes. And when I saw him after my set, I was like, Hey, it's Eliza. He's like, I just saw, it, you know? And in that moment, I realized she was, she said that to me because it means something to her that I would remember her. Hmm. And so there's like a power in that. So clearly I've hurt her feelings, which of course is never my intention. And for all the shit that I get, like I don't think I've ever like gone out of my way to be mean to someone. Yeah, so you're not now
2: pretending
1: to not remember someone. I genuinely don't. And which makes her yeah. feel even worse, but so I'm sitting there and now I'm like cold sweating, having like an out of body experience talking with A, half listening but really thinking about this and B did not leave. She just kind of stood there. And I stopped oh. my conversation. I turned to her, I go, hey, I'm, by the way, clearly this like has upset you. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I, want, I'm, I apologize, I'm sorry. Like trying to have a human moment.
2: And then I yeah, said- what else, what else could they want?
1: <laughs> and then she goes, you saw me at a party at the comedy store and you asked me if I work there. She remembers that this happened. And what she doesn't understand is that I make candy every year for the employees
0: (gasps) of the Comedy Store and of
1: the Improv. And there is a rotating cast of security, door guys, and waitresses. And out of uniform, it's difficult to know who's who because keep in mind, you don't see these waitresses in the light. You see people in the dark. I come in, I do my set, I leave. And the waitresses that I recognize have been there for years. So when I ask, and I ask a lot of comics who I don't know, do you work here? I'm not saying, do you work here? I need a drink. I'm saying, do you work here? So I can give you candy. But Let, right. The, but she doesn't know any of that. And so she remembered that as this time that I thought of her as like a waitress, not a comic. And that hurt her feelings But of course my side doesn't matter because when you're the more successful or famous, you are just a monster. But I remembered that interaction because like here I am like half in the light, like on a, having a vodka, like just trying to hand out candy and be nice. (laughs) And so I just, what I should, so I was just like, it makes you feel better. I forget a lot of people's names, you know? And she kind of like wasn't letting me off the hook because I've clearly hurt her feelings. Yeah. It wrecked the rest of my night. Yeah, I was leaving I'm anyway. Stressed out, and I'd had like two hot chocolates, so I was like, I had like a lot of sugar, and I went home, and I just like had to like talk myself through this. I'm like, I didn't really do anything wrong, and I'm like, I couldn't believe the balls. Like, you're like, I'm just gonna make you feel uncomfortable, like as if like, wow, yeah. you really got me. So it went from me being like, let me create some space. Hey, I'm really sorry, and to not extend back like, hey, it's cool and i do that to pe- i'm always like hey you probably don't remember so it i, I guess what the i take away
2: thing- yes.
1: no i guess what i take away from it is like you never know what your i guess approval means to people and i don't take it lightly and i just feel and maybe other people feel like this i feel so harshly judged if and when I do fuck up and I have to be honest, I left that party and I was like, this is why I don't go to a lot of things because I'm so sensitive. And when you bring vulnerability and kindness and authenticity to things and you try to like own your shit, nobody wants to hear it. Like I'm not saving the world, but like it doesn't matter how many comedians you create opportunities for or people that you help or things that you do. It seems to be that like all you're ever like really dinged for is when you fuck up a little bit and it just, it's a choice to not totally withdraw. And if there's a reason as you get more successful, people have smaller circles. Like I can't leave myself open. I have to be honest at that same party, another girl came up to me who's a comic and she was like, I read your book. I'm a mom too. And like, I'd never met her. Like, I'm just constantly trying to be the best version of myself. And like, it has to be okay that you fall short of it. And I think it hurt because I was trying to in that moment be like, I am so sorry. Like, I did not mean to make you feel that way, which is a fuck ton more than most people in Hollywood or in this world will ever give you. And she was just like, it clearly has bothered her forever. And what I should have said to her was, I'm sorry, have we ever had a meaningful exchange? No, seriously. Have we ever talked about, Something other than good set. Have I ever seen you for anything other than for a second in the back of room? Because I promise you, you're not on 99% of the shows that I do. And the last time I saw you, that exchange was maybe three years ago.
2: Well, okay. There are a few additional factors here. As someone from the outside who worked in a comedy club, number one, uh, all the waitresses, they only hire like a hot girl, so she shouldn't be mad. So, you know, but we just had someone write in about being mistaken for working there. Yes. And our consensus was kind of like, I mean, it sucks. But I you didn't know, but think she worked there. I was just trying no, to suss no. out, do you get candy or do you not? Do you get candy? No, I know. So that's also an important piece of it. Another important piece that does not get this person off the hook, but I will just say is that I'm sure this is not an excuse, but I'm sure women in comedy feel more prickly about any perceived slight because they are facing more of them. So she was ready to be mad because she's used to this treatment. Now that does not give her an excuse to not accept your apology when you genuinely She did, but it was very
1: like, it's fine, it's fine. Like it was very like, (laughs) I'm still gonna make you feel uncomfortable because of what you did to me. And it's like, look, you're entitled to that. Yeah, I can only control how I feel, but I do feel like, truthfully, I wanted to say, have we ever had a meaningful conversation? No, the
2: candy thing is just you—you you in a rush because you go to the comedy yes. clubs. You go to two comedy clubs. You have like stacks of candy you made all day. You spent making. it. You're just like, uh, oh, do you get candy? Do you get candy? Do you get candy? Like, and if it's any of the faces you don't see all the time, yeah. you're gonna be like, do you, like, you, what if you had an her and she had worked there and then she, she hadn't didn't get any candy. candy?
1: Then what? And so you know, I don't. I'm not gonna say this person's name, and I doubt anyone will figure this out. And I'm sure if she ever listens what will be the takeaway is that like, I'm awful. So I do feel bad. I never want someone to feel bad, but like, we're yeah. all doing our absolute best. And also like, I meet, and this isn't like, oh, I'm so cool. Like, I'll get fans that are like, I met you in Denver. Do you remember? And it's like,
2: <laughs> I, I just also- You like, remember some things, but your brain only has so much space. Also,
1: I had a baby. So like, your mind is extra mush. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even, I wasn't even offering excuses. Like in the moment, I was like, I'm really sorry. But what I should have said was, have we ever seriously had a meaningful interaction? No, the answer is no, because we don't actually know each other. And you want me to validate you. And I don't look look for other people's validation like that. Like when I see Jerry Seinfeld or Kevin Hart, I always say my name again. And they're always like, yeah, of course. I always give the person the chance (laughs) to at least say something versus like, how dare you?
2: Some it. people are also very good at a fake recognition. There is one comedian I'm thinking of in particular who was always so, so lovely to me. And then I saw her do it to someone else in the exact same way, the exact same intonation, the exact same. And I was like, oh, she's just very good. And she might be a fine person, but she's very, very good at- This is why Hollywood on gets- that air of friendly. Hollywood
1: gets the reputation for people being fake because if you show yeah. any degree of being a fucking flawed human, people who are not as successful as you will eat you alive.
2: Yeah, I, I thought for sure alive. this person knew my name, that she remembered me, and then someone else clocked it. and was like, no, she does that to everybody. I was like, oh my God, I felt so seen, yeah. so good on her. Uh, my my bottom is I'm avoiding my neighbors who I had just met a couple months ago. Um, they're like my age, they're like cool, they have a cat, but we talk too much about cat stuff, and so now I don't want to run into them and have them be like, how's your cat? And I'm like, she's dead. So I'm just, every time I see them outside, I go back inside. So
1: that's a weird that's my bottom. All right, well. Hopefully work through that. My top of the cob is for my 40th birthday. I am going to Iceland, but Mm -hmm. I've also decided to have a real birthday party and it's going to be a rave. And... Haven't you already done that? No, Emily, I haven't. It was the vibe of my special, but that's like a little different. I'm going to get like... Goth. Yeah, we did a goth birthday, which was dope. I'm going to get a warehouse. And so the party planner came yesterday to like talk about it. And in my head, we were talking about like EDM music, Darude's Sandstorm was playing. And that's the song that's like. (singing) She didn't know that that was in my head. And I, being so involved in my own thoughts, every couple minutes kept going. (speaking) And then about an hour into our meeting, I stopped and I go, I'm sorry. I've been singing a song. She goes, oh my God, I thought you were just like making robot noises. Like in my, this is how powerful perception is. Like in my mind, I'm like, of course she's going to know that this is that famous song. And of course she's hearing what I'm hearing. But what she's hearing is me saying like, yeah, we can do a deposit on. <laughs> Anyways, Top of the cob is going to be, I'm going to force myself to have a birthday.
2: It'll be fun. Make them do tests. Make them do the tests. I'm yeah. going
1: to. I'm going to, you got a test and you come in and do it. And I won't have most of the stuff they have at Raves because too much plastic, but there will be a fun photo booth. And Emily, I suggest you fly in for it.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll get to <laughs> work <laughs> on that. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You guys. My, my th- top. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my top of the cob. What top. if my top of the cob
1: was you not having a top of the cob?
2: <laughs> too bad you already did one you have my to Christmas call cake. that card earlier okay. um my job of the cob is i hang out with a friend i hadn't seen in like nine or ten months george uh again, george again because of the death no i see him all the time because of the death of my cat she's like can can i take you to dinner and i'm like okay um and it was nice to hang out with someone i hadn't seen in months and it felt yeah. like i had just been talking to them so you know that kind of friendship where it's like you can just hang... Like, it's totally... It's the same as if we had talked every day. It was That's nice.
1: funny you say that because the top of my cob was almost going to be like low-maintenance friends where you just click back in and it's easy, which is like the only kind of friend I want. Mm-hmm. Um, Folks, it is... the The Wednesday before Christmas. I hope that you guys have a really sugar-filled, warm... Low-key, lovely holiday. I will be spending my Christmas Eve with our half Jewish with Noah's half Jewish family, half not even Christian, just half not Jewish. Small Christmas Eve, and then we'll be going to his mother's for Christmas Day. Whatever they want to do, we do. Cause I'm just down, I'm just there for the free shrimp. Merry free Christmas. Shrimp. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Glory be to the winter gods. A festive Yule, Happy Kwanzaa, and all the other holidays that we have put in the month of December, which probably didn't even exist at the inception of those holidays. I hope you all, I just want you all to know that we really love doing this podcast. Of course, I always want you to leave a nice review, like, subscribe, and share it with people, but I have so much fun doing this. And they're,
2: they're hearing from us again before 2023. We have another episode this year. We're just
1: having a nice Christmas toast, but you know what? <laughs> okay.
2: Fuck everyone. I'm
1: out of here.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and... Producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's AND, not OR. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash investing in America.
1: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network
2: like T-Mobile.